welcome, welcome, welcome to a special bonus episode of Cinemaholics. It's me, John Agroni from the main show, here with, of course, Will Ashton. Hello. And if that wary sigh is suspicious to you... Well, it was, it was more trepidation for me uh, figuring out if I should say it or if I should sing it. Meow. Yeah. That's right. Will and I are doing a quick little bonus thing for you, the listeners, to talk about cats because we both saw this a little bit early and I'm going to be out of town this weekend and it's going to be a little bit before we do our big old Star Wars episode. And for the sake of keeping that Star Wars episode, I guess, I don't know if pure is the right word, but balanced <laughs> in the force. How about that? Yeah. We decided let's get all of our cat feelings out in this this one-off. Let's talk about the movie cats which is a musical fantasy comedy mm-hmm. sort of no i mean it's a comedy drama basically. melodramatic melodrama yeah. mm-hmm. based on the stage musical by andrew lloyd weber which came out in 1981 he based the musical on a series of poems that came out in 1939 called old possum's book a practical cats by t.s Eliot. This film is directed by Tom Hooper. He directed The King's Speech and The Danish Girl and a bunch of other like Les Mis, right? The Oscar Beatty stuff. For this conversation, I'd say that's the biggest point of comparison. Was uh, was Les Mis his biggest hit? I, I think it would be between um, that and King's Speech. I don't know if it was his biggest hit. I just feel like... By direct comparison. Yeah, I mean, this is very much a film from the director of Les Miserables. So yeah. I, I think that's what I mean by that. Which came out seven years ago, and was it? Yeah, yeah, it was a long, it was a long time back, and we we don't get a ton of musicals uh, in Hollywood, especially is pretty nervous about original musicals. We don't get a lot of films like La La Land, for example. Mm-hmm. They tend to be based on like hit Broadway plays. So a Cats yeah. movie is kind of inevitable because ever mm-hmm. since really like Moulin Rouge and Chicago, we we get these broadway movies every once in a while uh they they really came out at a pretty sizable clip in the 2000s and they kind of waned after hairspray and even more so after les mis to the point where yeah i mean i i could see us maybe getting like a hamilton movie or something within the next decade yeah well it depends on how in the heights does i guess that's right i forgot about in the heights which is uh the trailer for that just came out uh, all that said, Cats is another entry in Hollywood's bizarre fascination with live action musicals, although this mm-hmm. is a heavily CGI'd movie. And mm-hmm. to talk about it, I, I want to ask you, well, because I know you've seen the actual stage musical. So you, you have a sense of what this is based Vaguely. on. Yeah, I mean, I saw it, but I was pretty young when I saw it. And it okay. It's not like something I remember especially well, but I have a recollection of it for sure. I'm going to read the official premise. Okay, so this is from Universal. Yeah. And and usually we try to do this in our own words, but why bother? So here's here's what Universal <laughs> says is the their, their little synopsis. Over the course of a single night, a mm-hmm. tribe of cats called the Jellicles make what is known as the Jellicle choice and decide which cat will ascend to the heaviside lair i think that's Mm -hmm. how you say that and come back to a new life now this is my words the movie follows a kitten or an abandoned kitten named victoria is it a kitten i guess i I thought it was just i don't know yeah i wasn't sure well i think i was i looked this up because i was very confused after watching this movie 
I looked this up and it appears to be the case that Victoria, the, the character of Victoria, is has a much bigger role in this movie than she right. does in the stage musical. Yeah, that's definitely the case. She's played by Francesca Hayward or Frankie Hayward, who is an English ballerina who is not as well known yet. I think this is this could be one of her very first films. Yeah, so what's a introducing in the credits? So I, I believe this is her first screen role. But this cast is not full of unknowns. Uh, she, despite being the main character, there are a ton of familiar faces. Yeah. On these, yeah. <laughs> on these yeah. humanoid CGI cats. I'll run through them, and then I want to hear what you have to say about the look and feel of this movie well. But James Corden is Buster for Jones. Mm-hmm. Judy Dench is old Deuteronomy. She's actually supposed to yeah. be in the 1981 musicals. I think we right. talked well, about. Well, she, she's gender swapped, too, I believe, yes. right? So old Deuteronomy yeah. is, a, is a boy. A man, yeah. Boy, a man cat, because he's older. Yeah. Uh, but in this, yeah, Judy Dench plays her. Uh, Jason Derulo is Rum Tub Tugger. Idris Elba is Macavity. And Jennifer Hudson is Grizabella. We also have Ian McKellen, who plays Gus the Theater Cat. Taylor Swift is a character named Bombalarina, which I don't know if that character is uh, the, has the same role in the stage musical. I'm not sure. But, uh, I think they might have added a lot for her. Okay. I, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like that's the case. We don't know for sure, but uh, and then last we have Rebel Wilson as Jenny and Jenny, Jenny, any dots, Jen, Jenny, mm-hmm. any dots. Sure. These names drive me crazy, and I had a hard time understanding a lot of what was being said and sung in Cats. That's my first thing that I want to get out there. Okay. Did you have yeah. a problem with this, with the sound of it? As far as understanding what they were saying, not really. As far as understanding what was happening in the plot, I certainly had trouble falling along but once i figured out the bare gist of it which is that basically they're having a ball and one of the cats is going to ascend to cat heaven and there's like this devil cat played by idris elba that wants to go to heaven uh and then everyone else is just kind of like introducing themselves and dancing i I think that was like all you really needed to know yeah it's like one long audition night right where every cat gets a song uh there's there's a few other like really important characters like uh, Mr. Mistopheles, played by Laurie Davidson. Right. And, and the uh, the Lay's Twins, I think, is that what they're called in the, in the film? Lay Twins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twins. They're they're uh, French dancers and choreographers. They're they're pretty well known. So uh, Oh, those oh, is it the the couple from um Men in Black International? Yeah, yeah. You're Okay. Uh they they were I can't I've forgotten a lot of things in that movie, but I have not forgotten them yeah. <laughs> nearly as easily. I didn't realize it was those two. Yeah. Okay, so obviously, big thing about this movie is that the the sets are like I was I watched a video about this, but apparently, like they built these huge sets to make it appear yep. like it's not all computer animation. It's not like the Lion King, right, where this whole thing was made mm-hmm. in a computer, and you can tell, like even though their fur is CGI and their bodies are kind of yep. CGI half the time, they're in these massive sets, so it's like scaled proportionately. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the setup. Well, this movie kind of broke me in some ways, Will. I don't sure. know what to say about it, and I'm trying to avoid a general impressions thing. So what do you want to do? Do you want to talk about what you think of the film, or do you want to talk about what this film is? What do you mean by what it is? <laughs> How about this? What it means to you? What it means to me? Um, That's still pretty vague, but I, I, I think I can go on with that. I specific with this. Okay. Well, I- I'll take the lead a little bit, I guess. Um, so Please do. I think... 
from an ironic sense, I was way more excited for this film than you were. I don't really know where you stood on Cats. I think you were intrigued, but like more scared of it, if that's fair to say. Sure. Like you were, you're like, I don't know what this is. I know I'm going to deal with it at some point. And it's just like, I- I'm going to deal with that when I get to it. Me, I was like, bring it on. I want to see the craziness. <laughs> Put me in the fight. Coach. That's pretty fair. That's pretty good. <laughs> Put me in the ring, coach. Um, Yeah, I like I, you said, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, so I'm not going to try to reiterate a lot of things I've said already on the show. But it's as soon as this was announced, like, I mean, obviously, I, I was familiar with the show to some extent. I knew about its legacy and all this. But when more and more pieces of the film were coming out, like it was going to be Tom Hooper writing and directing, uh, like the cast was announced when they revealed that it was going to be digital fur technology. It was just like a beautiful like hurricane of craziness that was like is this movie really gonna happen like is this just like a like fever dream that's coming to life uh and it it still baffled me like even the moment like sitting in the theater i was like what if they just come out and just like hey we gotcha you guys thought we made a cats movie (laughs) what a goof anyway here's star wars uh the last or was it the rise of skywalker have fun Hmm. Um, but no, I mean, it's a real movie. It exists. And, um, in some respects, it's not as weird as I was anticipating. And in many other respects, it's even weirder than I was anticipating, which I I think a lot of people are going to take that as a detriment. And I guess I will too, but I also kind of respect this movie for being as absolutely bonkers as it is on the scale that is. Yeah. I, in, in some ways, I think this is sort of like the anti-Rise of Skywalker. So that's a a movie that I just saw. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil anything. But that's a movie that's clearly not made by a filmmaker who is off the rails. That's made by a filmmaker who's going by a checklist and is playing it as safe as possible. I was going to say, so it's a movie, that's a movie that takes no risk, you're saying. And this is a movie that takes all the risk. Exactly. Which which makes them such a weird (laughs) double feature. So one of the reasons I feel a little broken at the moment is because I literally watched Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which is a long movie. It's almost three hours. And then almost right after that, I watched Cats. And these movies couldn't be any more different. Uh, Yeah. And I... Th- well, they're this... both PG or well, actually, wait, is Rise of Skywalker PG-13 or PG? It's PG-13. Oh, OK, so they are. They're, OK, yeah, never mind. I don't I think the rating would really be much of a, a connective yeah. tissue. But when this movie started, I wish you, you I wish I could explain the expression on my face over the course of this movie. Mm-hmm. It changed a lot, but a lot of the time it just hung there and I was just endlessly baffled by what i was Mm -hmm. seeing on screen and it is sort of like watching like a car accident like you know what you're watching isn't good for anybody involved Mm -hmm. but you can't take your eyes off it you're unsettled by it it doesn't Mm -hmm. make a logical sense Mm -hmm. but it's still viscerally i don't want to say satisfying (laughs) because i don't i don't think this movie is very satisfying well, it is compelling in its weird way. Like, it is Maybe. one of those movies that, as I was watching it, like, the outside world went away. <laughs> like, That's I true. was, I was fascinated. I was just like, anything else that's going on in my life, anything that might be troubling me, concerning me, for two hours, that's going to the side. Because I had to think, I had to put all my thought and energy into figuring out what this is, how it's happening. Am I actually here? Or is this like some like inception level dream within a dream? And like, how did this happen? 
it took me a while to get to that point. I think the first 20, 25 minutes, I, I was struggling a lot to be to figure out if I could watch this entire movie. It's 110 minutes. It's not I, I, I didn't struggle. I struggled in the first the first act because I just I couldn't grasp this movie and I didn't I kept wondering like do I have to leave? Because I I can't get sucked into this. This is just too out of my realm of a movie. But it See, I was, it did I, get I was me in. the opposite. It got okay. me in eventually, but it, for hmm. me it took a while. Uh, I can't pinpoint where it was exactly, but then there was a moment maybe halfway in the movie where I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm okay now. I can just keep watching this." And I don't want to say it put a spell on me. But there were moments where, like, I'm sure it, 30 minutes had passed, and it, it, it felt like maybe, like, five seconds. Mm-hmm. I, I got that. But I got that mostly in the beginning. Like, beginning in the middle-ish. See, it was, like, towards the beginning of the third act that I was kind of starting to phase out of it. Um, that's, I felt like, where the tedium was starting to come in. Because there's, like, a weird sort of Stockholm Syndrome feel where it's, like, after a while, it's, like, okay, I've been here for about an hour, hour and a half at this point. And, like, you know, I, I, as crazy as this is... I, I'm kind of in I'm, I'm in the thick of it so it's not like ba- as baffling as it was before like I, I I know what I can expect to some degree and also at that point like that's when the movie was trying to be a little more serious so it wasn't quite throwing out as many crazy stuff at at uh at rapid succession but there were definitely moments in this where I, I kind of hinted at this to you off the air where just like my brain was like failing to comprehend where reality and like what I perceived to be a dream was happening. And I think it's towards the beginning of the film, so I won't give away too much, but there's a moment where we're with uh, Rebel Wilson, this oversized kitchen, and like she opened up an oven and like we see mice, like kind of like the mice from um, Shrek, but like they have human faces and they're singing in like childlike voices. And then she tries to eat them. And then at one point she like opens a box and like there's like a chorus line of Beatles that also have very poorly rendered CG bodies. Yeah, they're cockroaches. But with human faces. Yeah, sorry, cockroaches. And then at that, like, it's just like this, like, weird, like, be our guest number starts to happen. Damn. And then out of nowhere, we cut to a shot of Cat Rebel Wilson unzipping her fur to pull out a, like, dress underneath her fur. Where there is more fur under the dress. Right, more fur underneath it. And it's just like, at that point, my brain was like, system malfunctioning. <laughs> It's like, is this happening? It's like, did I just happen to have a stroke? I think, I think what maybe the reason I had a struggle in the very beginning and uh, at that point as well, I just, I I kept asking so many questions in my head that I couldn't focus because I, even this point, I I just, I couldn't get, I was like, why do they keep seeing Jellicle? What is that? Oh yeah. I've got to say, um, if anyone's going to do a drinking game for this, do not drink. (laughs) Every time they say Jellicle, because you will die. You will die. Legit. Like, they say Jellicle at least 20 times in the first five minutes. You will not make it out of the movie alive. That's not a joke. They have a lot of songs early in the movie where they're trying to, like, get across, like, what a Jellicle cat is. And I guess Mm -hmm. it's, like, the name of their gang. But it's also yeah. like an an ideal to ascribe to. It's a philosophy. To. It's a way of life. It goes back to the T.S. Eliot poem. So there's there's no real basis. But I just I guess I kept wondering is like is it supposed to be angelical like angel mixed in so. there and they're yeah. cats so they don't understand it and it I don't know I forget what exactly I forget the quote but he did Tom Hooper used some like very like uh, junior year in college philosophy level words to describe what he intended this movie to be. And whatever that was, like I, I read it beforehand and I, I still don't comprehend how that was the intent of this film. Right. It's it's just as plotless as the musical. And yeah. 
he and I, I've seen I saw like a making of video about this. I've been really, really curious about this, clearly. But there was this whole thing. It's like, yeah, this is this is a movie that's all about redemption and and inclusion and and tribalism. And I'm like, where? It's like I get like there's a really broad brush mark with like really dried ink that maybe goes over those topics. Yeah. But is this really a movie about anything or is it just it, it's way more ballet to me than it is a musical where mm-hmm. if I was going to say yeah. anything nice about this, it is that it's more like uh, like the Nutcracker is kind of like more like that than anything else I could really describe it, I guess. Yeah, like Nutcracker is so abstract and it's right. more about what, like the visual appeal yeah. of it than it is like a narrative. Exactly. Yeah, I guess this movie threw me off, though, because there is a narrative. It's just so because uh, they talk a lot. I think that's a big difference. There's a lot yeah. of dialogue and it comes through the singing and a lot of it doesn't connect. Like they just say and react with words that don't have any basis in any sort of reality that I understand. Like if you were to look at the screenplay of this, which was co-written by Tom Hooper and Lee Hall, yeah. I, I just I just feel like they, I don't. <sighs> See, that's what I respect about it is that like in good bad movie fashion they expect everyone to be on the same page as they are (laughs) they expect everyone to like kind of get it in a way that like they don't really like they sort of establish things and they kind of establish the world but they expect everyone to kind of be with it from the beginning in a way that is very bold and audacious uh and clearly very uh uh ill-informed and misintentioned but uh in a way that i disrespect we're just like yeah, so like obviously like there's these like jellical cats and they have this organization. They have like this little group and like and just like different things like you said like they they throw all these like different key terms that they don't really establish and, and you just kind of have to like catch on as you're watching it. And uh I I found that very amusing just just the the spite of it, I guess. Yeah, like they're yeah, that, magical their magical yeah. powers. Just, right. They just don't even because. set that up. Yeah. Just like at one point, Idris Elba just makes Rebel Wilson disappear and they don't establish that there's magic in the universe before then. And it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was so lost and confused. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the sort of absurdity of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I think we can both agree. It, this is one of those movies that will go down as a like guilty pleasure. Like, let's all get a little nutso at the screening of cats well that's what i was thinking is that i think maybe just because the cat connection i feel like this is going to be like the cat in the hat for the musical crowd where it's just like this very weird poorly conceived adaptation of this fairly popular um musical and text and it just kind of just throws caution at the wind and has this sense of anarchy in it that it's not quite as crass as the cat in the hat 2003 but it has that same like level of craft mixed with just like bad ideas and uh, sketchy intentions and just like a pure sense of chaos that at this level and this budget is just fascinating. And I, I think that I could see this being that kind of level of like underground cult classic in that respect. I don't, I don't think we, we didn't really stress enough that this is one of the biggest musicals of all time. I mean, Cats played yeah. on Broadway and in London and that's for the thing, decades. Is that like everyone is committed to the bit. Like if any, if even one person was just like kind of checked out or being ironic with it, then I think I would have hated this movie. 
You don't think that was the case with Rebel Wilson? No, I think she's pretty much in it. She just is playing her brand of comic relief. Hmm. I don't think she's like, I don't think she's being ironic with it, though. But if, if anyone was, it would probably be her. That She's the one who I, w- I was waffling in, in that respect. Uh, I mean, I, not I'm not really, really big f- into yeah. the material. I, I don't know. I mean, I think she was still committed to it in some way, but I guess maybe less so than the other performers. I could see that. This movie is supposed to make, it's projected to make 15 to 20 million dollars domestically this weekend against mm-hmm. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Do you think yeah. it's going to make that much? I don't know, man. Like you said, it's a popular musical and it does have name recognition and it does have clout and it has, it has uh, buzz. F- People are interested in cats. Sure. And I like when um when we go to screenings like this, I don't know if people know but like there's like a person that comes up afterwards and like asks you what you think of it and i knew like i was watching like please don't that don't have that person come up to me because how is one how does one have an instant reaction to this movie it's it just yeah it's, uh unheard of but like what they did come up to me uh and i just all i think i really said was like it's an experience unlike any other i will have this year and <laughs> i i think i'll stay true to that it is an experience unlike any other I will have in 2019. I had that exact same thought, though. I was like, I've never seen anything like this. And I wonder if similar to Avatar, which came out 10 years ago, that combination of like the technology and everything is what's going to get people. I'm sure that's what Tom Hooper is. I'm sure that's what, what went into his decision making with this. Of like, we have to do this CGI stuff because that's going to be so weird and different. It's going to get people to want to see it, even if it's perceived as awful and it's not incidental because this is coming out literally two days after the 10-year anniversary of avatar <sighs> that's true that's true today is actually i mean today is december 18th this is the uh 10th anniversary of avatar awesome extra milestone yeah i, I keep pushing for it <laughs> yeah uh, fortunately for me i didn't I, I i managed to escape the screening uh there the, and it, it's ironic i guess because like people were lined up to give their yeah, statements okay. to the press people, to yeah. the to the public relations people, of like, <laughs> I here's got what I things to cats. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but Fuck, sit down. <laughs> Can I sit right here? And another thing, <laughs> <laughs> I walked out, and usually, yeah, they ask you as soon as you walk out of the screening, and they were all all the PR people were busy. They had their hands full yeah. with with cats guests uh, who who had a lot to say. Were they recommending like therapists and stuff in the area? <laughs> yeah. I was talking, we, I was messaging you while I was preparing to see Cats because you saw it right before I did. Your screening yeah. ended right as mine began. But so I right. was messaging you. This was the most dysfunctional yeah. press screening of my entire career. I was going to say, I felt like I was in the future <laughs> seeing something <laughs> that you were about to see and I couldn't like uh, stop that from yeah, happening. You couldn't warn me. You couldn't. Yeah. But sorry, yeah, you said this was the most dysfunctional press screening you've ever went to. I, I won't get into detail, but it was just, it was bonkers. Was the, it the crowd, the audience? Then Happy Time Murders for you? It was, it was in that same genre of audience okay. of like people just doing very strange things that they wouldn't, that they don't do normally. There was just very odd behavior. There, there was people arguing with each other. There was a guy yelling at another guy. At, but eventually they became best friends. Mm-hmm. The woman next to me was like this sweet, sweet old woman who offered me like a German biscuit. No, people never talk to each other at press screenings, by the way, unless you're like friends. Yeah. But she went out of her way to talk to me and offer me food. Yeah. And then her like ringtone goes off and it's Snoop Dogg. And sure. I just had, there was just so much going on. 
and like the people the people yelling at each other eventually sat next to each other and became friends over the course of the movie it it was an experience it brings people together that's brought all of these misfits and outcasts together and i was one of them and i nobody was willing to watch this movie with me i went without a guest uh, oh man i had i had to fight people away to bring people i was like i was like who who, who can i bring to this i, I don't know pick one, i can only pick one person <laughs> I I was all by my lonesome and boy did I suffer in on the car ride home trying to process this movie and what I had just gone through. But do you recommend this, Will? Do you recommend cats? Recommend in which sense? <laughs> the sense of recommending? I mean, okay, so that's the thing. Like if you're going into this wanting to see a good film or hell, even a good adaptation of cats, then no. <laughs> this is not a good film. Like I can't saying good conscience that this is a film of merit or quality but if you are wanting to see as i said before an experience unlike any other you'll get in the cinema sure then yeah i would i mean if you okay like like for instance if you were to say get a little inebriated go to the theater hopefully like by uber or something and you couldn't see star wars the rise of skywalker and you're like i just want to have fun in the movies i'm not really looking to like get invested in star wars or whatever and you're like well we can see cats at 7 20 p.m then to that audience and for that person or that this uh, hypothetical group of people i would say yes like if you just want to go if you want to lose your mind in a movie theater and just see something that you're not going to see in say 21 bridges then oh yeah like, you're gonna you're gonna get something out of this movie in that you're just gonna get a like once in a lifetime kind of bonkers hyper surreal like seemingly like acidetic like like in the mind space if you were like on acid type of movie yeah. and it's just it's just nuts it's a it's a it's a thrill ride <laughs> um and it's done with mostly sincerity and with little regard for uh sense or uh good measure or uh logic or rationality and i i have to applaud that because in a cinematic slate that becomes more and more bland and uh indescribable cats will stand out to me in a way that a lot of movies yeah. this year won't and i respect that i can't say it's a good film i can't recommend it in terms of quality like i said but i have to respect the audacity here i ha- i would definitely audacity the audacity <laughs> yeah that doesn't even uh, yeah it's, it's I, about on par with a lot of the, the, the puns on here i'd say i just i i definitely would caution people because i i just worry that i can see the person sitting in this theater for cats who does take this sort of thing seriously because maybe they don't know about the musical maybe they see tom hooper is attached to it maybe yeah. they've seen the trailer and i do think the trailer sort of makes this look like a big meaningful opera with tons of like compelling music and they might mistake that for there being a story so i do think that there can be a set of disappointments that people might experience where they don't go into it with the mentality you're talking about where oh i'm about to watch a very interestingly bad movie that's Mm -hmm. good for that reason where it's like this paradox and if you watch it taking it seriously or expecting to take it seriously i could see people just 
going through what I went through in the very beginning sure. where you can't grasp it and you're not willing mm-hmm. to give it a chance. And I could see people walking out. But then, yeah, I think a lot of people who are going to see this the first weekend are going to be fans of the musical. And I Mm -hmm. can't say how their mileage is going to vary. Like, I don't know how faithful this is to the musical. I don't know how good the songs are by comparison. On a technical level, the only thing that really doesn't work for me here is, well, the pacing of the movie, because it's just it's kind of a slog when you break it down. There's just so much music and there's never... I, I had a hard time enjoying my time with it. And then the other thing I'd say is the the sound mixing. I just, I couldn't understand their words half the time. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll push back a little bit on the pacing just because like we said earlier, like it does move a pretty good clip just because like it parts. just, sure. But I mean, only in like, say like the 70 to 90 minute mark was I really ever like experiencing something related to boredom. Like I was, there are tedious moments in this, but I was mostly pretty fascinated by it and it went by about as well as I expected it to. So I wouldn't say it's like egregiously bad pacing, but in terms of story structure, it's horrendous because like you said, it's just mostly characters introducing themselves. So it's not like it has like a three act structure or anything or if it does, it's very loose. Okay. Well, I'm a little bit more, uh, I I found it more uneven, I guess, but yeah, there there are moments that I can agree with you that it does kind of just move right along. I think I would agree, though, that by the very end, it was like, when does this thing end? And can it end now, please? That was kind of my experience. For my grade, I I don't have a grade, so I'm just going to give it a C for cats. Okay. Because that's the only thing that makes sense to me. If we had done this yesterday, I would have said, I can't grade this thing. Today, I have a little bit of a clearer mind. I've had a moment of separation from it, so I can... I'm with you. I think I'm ultimately a C on it as well. Just because, I mean... Yeah, it's like we said, it's bad, but in a sense that like I respect its level of audacity and strangeness. And like I like I said, I wasn't really bored by it. And there are some there is some quality stuff in here. I mean, I think more than some people are going to give it credit ultimately. Like I do think Francesca Hayward gives a decent enough performance. Like it, it's, you know, especially for a newcomer at the charge of whatever the hell this is. She does as well as anyone I think could. And I mean... I, I thought um, Judy Dench was fine. Like I thought she did a good performance for what was asked of her, and I think she's the only one that of like this digital fur technology that looked semi decent. Besides maybe Jason Derulo in some shots. Um, and I will say there are like I mean obviously you can't really screw up memories like you no matter how hard you try, it's really hard to screw that up. And I think Jennifer Hudson sells that moment. And there's one sequence like musical sequence involving tap dancing that I found rather entertaining. I don't know if you felt that way, but uh, I guess I don't know. I thought it was amusing. I mean, like for what it was going for, I thought that was fine. But everything else is just like unfathomably weird, big budget schlock, basically. That yeah, schlock uh, is a good word for this entire yeah, thing. That is like kind of trolling its audience in a way, in that like it's a I think intentionally sort of trashy movie that initially was parading itself as like higher art, kind of not like, high art, but well, kind of like Showgirls in a way. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I could see people seeing like in later years being like, "This was kind of misunderstood for what it was going for." Or I could also see people being like, "This has only gotten worse over time because this technology is terrible." <laughs> so it's hard to say. But um, I don't know. I it, it's one of those things where it's like I acknowledge it's bad. I imagine a lot of people like I could see people being like, "No, this is a D D minus F film," and I can see why they say that. For me, 
it pushes the envelope in such weird and unflinching ways in such audacious ways that I have to respect that on some level that Tom Hooper threw caution at the wind and just made this cat's movie against rhyme, logic or reason. And he did it like he, uh, he made this movie happen and he got a lot of people to put money into it. He got a lot of big names to be involved with it and it exists. And are we better or worse for it? I don't know, but we're here and I do have a sinking feeling that this is probably going to wake something in somebody. And I don't know if that's going to, what that, that person's life's going to be like, but uh, this is where we are now. <laughs> Musicals really do have a way of bringing people together. I know so many people who bond over things like yeah. rent and Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And I, I think if cats is a force for good in that sense, I'm glad it exists. It It is as audacious as you give it credit for. I can certainly agree with you on that. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't have to give this advisory that this movie is undoubtedly the horniest PG-rated yeah. Cats oh, movie yes. to have come out since 2003's A Cat in the Hat. It is bizarrely horny. It is extremely horny. It's uh, I don't want to get into detail on that because it's one of those things you describing it wouldn't do it justice. It's just... Tom Hooper clearly had a point of view when it came to, yeah. and maybe maybe the cinematographer as well, Christopher Ross. Uh, either way, yeah, this uh, th- there's something about this technology that was kind of haphazard for me at times, where sometimes their hands looked way too human. I think they actually did that in post. Like, they, uh, if you like do side by sides with um, the first trailer and the second trailer, apparently they made them look more human. Why? I don't know. I don't know. That's so. But strange. apparently. I think that they were like, I don't know. I mean, are you expecting me to make sense of any of this? <laughs> no. <laughs> but right. yeah, I mean, but apparently I, I guess like there was like, if you like see the shot of um, Taylor Swift, like putting the catnip from like the moon thing in the first trailer and you see in the second trailer, you can see that like she has fur in the first trailer and no uh, fur in her hand. Yeah, okay. Like, so they, they edited it out apparently in some shots. I don't know so why, strange. but they did. Yeah. And it really stuck out to me, but. Yeah, uh, that that is saying something that something stuck out to me in cats because mm. everything sticks out yeah. constantly. But that's cats. Right. It uh, it's hitting theaters this weekend. It's a, it's kind of a big budget. I mean, they spent about a hundred million dollars on this. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to make that money back, but stranger things they have happened. So probably, but I don't know. Yeah, like you said, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the name recognition is that big, and maybe people. I mean, look, like most people say, cats, uh, the stage musical wasn't good and look how long that's been that's on true. broadway it has its fans yeah so people who just love it for its badness its weirdness its quirkiness so but that's the thing is that like people like they love like unabashedly and unironically love the stage musical yeah it's not like an ironic like oh let's go see cats how bad could it be it's like they like they like the music of it and stuff so i don't know maybe people who actually genuinely unironically enjoy this movie i can't say i think there's a bunch of people like that not enough to make this this a big sensation oh yeah I for think sure it's a combination I mean, of those people yeah. and the ones who are just like right. really curious of like is this is this really that bad i want to kind of see how bad this is like i think there's right. gonna be a lot of people going into it with that mentality who maybe d- didn't you know for whatever reason don't want to watch star wars a second right. time or you know mm-hmm. it, this is a this is a good a good sign for this movie is the fact that rise of skywalker is getting a lot of bad reviews as we record this and yeah. I that could persuade some people to like skip Star Wars to watch this instead. Not a lot of people, mm, but some. So. Maybe like three percent of that. But <laughs> that can um, translate to a lot. 
But that does remind me of something. Would you say this is a family appropriate film? Like it's PG. Sure. It's something nothing in it is particularly crass, like I said. I think the horny stuff is gonna go over kids' heads. That's the sure. thing. Sure. That's what I mean. I, I think I kinda respect that like this is gonna be a movie. If there is like once I am done podcasting and there's like a future like Gen Z's version of Ain Ogre, Tits Ogre, I could see somebody like that doing cats for a year i was thinking about i literally was thinking about it ain't ogre till it's ogre while i was watching the movie i was like oh in real time they yeah. are they are deciding the fourth season of it ain't ogre till it's ogre oh well I, I couldn't that. do it yeah <laughs> uh, because I, I think we didn't grow up on this obviously but like i said i mean yeah, yeah. I'm, there is I'm some joking. i'm joking i know but if there is some version of uh ain't ogre uh, with uh, people much younger than me that decide to take on the the, the burden and legacy of that, and they, and they grow up with cats and being weirded out and uh, oddly fascinated by it, I could see that happening where they watch this movie um, twelve times in a given year, and you know, Godspeed to them. Uh, that that's gonna be that's gonna be an experience to say the least for them. I think you mean dog speed to them. All right, sure. that'll do it for this bonus episode of Cinemaholics. We'll see you all on the main show to talk about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, later this week. Until then, from the Internet California, I'm John Agurney. And from the Internet Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. Meow you next time. <laughs>